The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that always keeps the D little. I'm Jake Mintz, that's Jordan Schusterman, and we have news. Well said. Wow, what an intro we do. Uh, I spent all of my afternoon trying to recover from the Colton Wong trade, and just as I was settling in, Jeff Passan dropped, as he says in his Twitter bio, I bomb atomically. And my goodness, this was a capital B, capital R, capital E, capital A, capital K, capital I, capital A, capital G breaking. <laughs> Colon. Uh, Jacob DeGrom's and the Rangers, Jake. We're going to talk about it. And obviously we're going to talk about it. We have to talk about it. It's 1130 on a Friday night and we're doing a podcast. That's all you need to know about why we're talking about it. <laughs> I left a dinner early because I'm committed to my job, uh, five years, $185 million, an average annual value of $37 million, with an option for that sixth year in 2028 at the same price. Jordan, this story really begins on May 15th, 2014. Do you know what happened on May 15th, 2014? Uh, that is, I assume, his major league debut. Dylan G was placed on the IL with a strained <laughs> lat. Okay. Yes. Dylan oh, G's man. lat was bugging him and the, the Mets needed someone to start against the Yankees. And so what did they do? They turned to their bullpen and they said, Hey, we just called up this guy, Jacob DeGrom earlier this week. Nice. Plan flowing was locks. To, his flowing locks. The plan mm -hmm. was to just get him some innings in the pen, but you know, I guess G went down and, Sure, we'll start little D. And what do you know? He carved seven innings, one run against the New York Yankees against fellow rookie Chase Whitley, who mm. is not going to make $37 million next year. And the rest is history. But I do think it is very indicative of Jacob DeGrom, the player, that he debuted in a year for the Mets, 2014, that included Zach Wheeler's debut. And Rafael Montero's debut mm -hmm. and Jacob deGrom's debut was an afterthought. It was a footnote. He was not supposed to be what he has become. And Jordan, what has he become? Well, it didn't take long because he would eventually win the Rookie of the Year that very year. And I remember, I, this is, again, not to go too much into just our personal experience with Jacob deGrom, but... You know us. You, you, you want to, oh, J Jake and Jordan, they have all these funny jerseys, or they have jerseys. They don't have the jerseys of the best players, right? And I remember we went to City Field. The first time we went to City Field, which was, I believe, was in 14 or 15. 14. So it was 14. So it was his rookie year. Wow. So, I, I, yeah. So we went and I got a Jacob DeGrom jersey because I was like, this dude is awesome. And he's not necessarily going to be the best pitcher on the Mets, even, right? They had all these other amazing guys. But, like, I'm in on this guy, right? This isn't me saying, like, I thought he was good. Because it was the opposite. I was like, this guy's going to be an awesome mid-rotation starter. 
with the long hair and the weird name and the just weird vibe. And I was like, oh, this dude, you know, converted shortstop. Love the story. And then three years later, it's like, oh, whoops, I just have the shirts. You have the best picture in the, in the world. Like, you can't wear <laughs> that. I stopped wearing it. I stopped wearing it. I put it as part of a, the, the shirtsy blanket that I that I had uh, my, that Bailey made for me, right? I was like, oh, no, this is like not. And so that is, that to me, that kind of tells me, I was like, it all happened so quickly that this dude just became the best pitcher when healthy. We'll get to that discussion so convincingly. Um, and the runs that he's been on, not just in the Cy Young years, but in the last two years when he has been on the mound, when he's reached an even greater level of dominance stuff-wise, has is is unlike really anything that, that we've seen in our era, and we've seen some pretty freaking incredible pitchers. There was a time before Jacob deGrom where, before he blasted off, so mm-hmm. his career is really two parts, right? There's 14 to 17 where he's very good. He's awesome. He's like a he's top very pitcher. good. Mm-hmm. And then 18 to 22, he's historically excellent mm-hmm. in over the last five seasons. He's made 102 starts thrown 645 and a third innings for an ERA plus of 193, 93% better than league average, a two zero five ERA plus. He has struck out 12 batters per nine innings over that span. 876 strikeouts to 127 walks. And when you Incredible. watch him, like, when you want and doesn't allow homers, right? Which is a big, that's a big part, right? Because this is when the ball is juiced like crazy until this year. You know, the ball is getting juiced like crazy. It doesn't matter. He's not giving up home runs. Um, and that is, that has been the, the story. He, his ascent, and, and, and honestly, the last two years, right? Because we see him win back-to-back signings in 18 and 19. And even though he's dealt with these injuries the last few years, he still looked better. He looks better every time he's on. It's like, how can he possibly look any better than the last time we saw him? And he consistently does. Before him, there was Kershaw, who was like the undis- indisputed like best player, mm-hmm. best pitcher, sorry. Mm-hmm. And then in the underbelly of the end of the Kershaw reign, there was like, maybe it's Max Scherzer, maybe mm-hmm. it's you know, Corey Kluber. It was like, no, now it's Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> Just those, that number to me, a 205 ERA over a hundred major league starts is nuts, right? And there is a fact that Jacob DeGrom as currently destruct, destructed, <laughs> as currently constructed when he pitches is the best pitcher in the world. We make a lot of jokes about the term pound for pound, mm. but pitch for pitch, start yes. for start. Yes. He is the best in the world right now. Now, the two concerns. Let's get into what this means for the Rangers. One concern is that he is 35. And the pitcher he is right now, he may not be at the end of his deal. Justin Verlander is 39 years old and he's still chucking pills and he still looks great. But that does not happen to everybody. That's concern number one. We'll expand on it in a second. Concern number two is that even in his current dominant state, he may not pitch all that often. Because over the last two years, injuries have certainly hampered his availability. He has only made 26 starts over the last two seasons combined. Jordan, let's go back to number one. Jacob deGrom at age 39. What does that look like? I don't care. And I don't think Raiders fans care. Uh, right now, but I do think that the length of this contract is very, very important for this happening at all. 
because the discourse around the DeGrom sweepstakes, which again, <laughs> we talk about with Judge too, it kind of seemed like two teams. I know there was like Braves and Rays rumors, but again, it was like, oh, Texas is going to do something crazy with pitching and the Mets want to retain him. Okay, great. But it's going to be a, he's looking for a crazy high AV in a shorter term because he, he probably realistically, who knows if Jacob DeGrom thought he could get five years on, on this, you know, on this market, considering he's only made 26 starts over the last two years. And I think this is a, an important part here when, in terms of the Rangers getting this deal done, before we get to how this actually impacts them and moving forward and how it'll help them, 5-185 is a huge difference from a three-year contract with a $40 million AV, which was reportedly what the Mets were kind of at, roughly, right? It's similar to what they offered Scherzer, a little bit less, and maybe they would have gone higher than AV. But 5-185 is a ton more, especially when you're not paying income tax in Texas, than 3-120 or 3-130 or even 3-140 if the Mets were willing to go to that. And so people are reading this and they're going to say, oh, he wanted to leave, obviously. If this was the same, con- now that's very possible. I'm not saying that's not possible, okay, to, to be clear. But I say that this is a significantly bigger contract. And to me, that tells me that that, that is a, a big part of this too, beyond just like he was trying to get out of there as fast as possible. The Rangers, I'll use the word overpaid in this circumstance. The Rangers overpaid what the Mets were willing to do by enough that we cannot conclude Jacob DeGrom was unhappy and looking to get out of a Mets uniform, that Jacob DeGrom did not want to go back, right? We don't know that because the Rangers opened up the pocketbook so big and dumped so many $1 bills on the best pitcher pound for pound in the world that we can't, there's nothing to say here about the Mets. They bought the guy. They went to the bidding and they tossed in two extra years to get the player they want maybe three now. extra years, right? Three I mean, extras. Yeah. Now let's say this. Let's say worst case scenario before we talk best case scenario about the Rangers and how he fits, right? <laughs> Steven Strasburg. Okay. <laughs> yep. Sorry, not trying to rain on anyone's parade in Arlington, but Steven Strasburg signed a mega, I believe, two hundred and forty-five million dollar deal uh, after the twenty nineteen season when he led the Nats to the Seven World Series. Two forty-five. Very earned, right? But he has become a cautionary tale of why giving pitchers after age 30 lengthy extensions is a minefield. The worst case scenario is simply DeGrom does not pitch a lot over the next handful of seasons. By the time he does pitch, he's not Jacob DeGrom anymore because he's 37, 38, 39. That is a realistic possibility. Yes. Right? Although I will say... Uh... Some similarities and some differences. Similarities is that Strasburg was also hurt all the time, except for the one year, his one platform year, right? But Strasburg was, you know, he was entering his age 31 season, you know, not his age 35 season, but he was also never nearly as good as Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. <laughs> Steven Strasburg was amazing. And we love Steven Strasburg and we wish him the best, but he was never even close to as good as DeGrom, right? right. So let's let's not act like that. He, <laughs> and so, I mean, that makes the Strasburg contract look even worse and that's fine. But still... Based on the injury history and based on paying pitchers, which is scary, that is a possibility. That needs to be said because that is the realistic situation that we're talking about here with an older pitcher and with signing any pitcher at all to big money. That being said, Jordan, I think this is a perfect move for the Rangers Mm -hmm. and where they are at in their competitive cycle and how they are trying to go going about winning games, right? They are what they're trying to do is press fast forward on a rebuild. 
They're trying to skip the commercials on their (laughs) fucking TiVo, right? They are simming the season, but it's really they're just simming the offseason. This is no, this is not a rebuild. The rebuild is paying good baseball players a lot of money, right? That's a great idea to rebuild the team. And what that means is this is still a very flawed roster. It does not have a lot of depth, right? There's not a lot of pieces in the farm system that are coming up. There's some, but there's not a whole lot. Yeah. And what that means is the version of the Texas Rangers that competes to win a World Series in 2023, 24, 25, 26 needs Jacob deGrom to be Jacob deGrom for them. And so this is a shot worth taking for the Rangers. And that's why I really like this deal for them, even though there's so much risk baked in. Totally agree. Right. And even with the risk, like... Let's give him Jacob Degrom for thirty-two starts. You know, like I let's like I hope it works out. And and objectively, more teams should act aggressively in this way. And it's so funny in this sport that like the teams that are in the exact position to push and do this, that are very close to contending for a division or a world, are often not the ones that are doing this. Cough, cough, Mariners, right? Like, but they're not the only ones. And the Rangers, meanwhile, they signaled. They told us last year that this was their plan, right? And there was another version where, remember, 2021, they win 60 games, right? They lose 100 games. They're like, fuck it, $500 million, Simeon Seager, boom, two awesome big leaguers, great. Okay, so they come in, what happens? Both of them, now Simeon sucked for the first two months, but both of them were pretty good. I mean, Simeon had a five-war season, Seager had a four-war you know, four season, 30 homers, right? I mean, they, maybe Seager was a little disappointing, but it's not like he was bad. He played, he was healthy, you know? You got an awesome season from Martin Perez. You had two relievers have ERAs under two for like 70 plus innings. A lot went right. You had Adolis Garcia was healthy and awesome. And Nathaniel Lowe broke out. Like a lot went right for the Rangers in 2022. Jonah Heim. Jonah Heim. They won 68 games. Okay. Like uh, now a lot could still go right for them next year. Right. Say DeGrom starts surgery games. He's wins Cy Younger and great. Seager's even better. Like. But this, this a lot, I mean, same thing we said with the Angels, right? So much has to go right for them to jump up another 10 wins, 20 wins. And I love that they're doing it. This isn't a reason to not sign Jacob DeGrom. It's just a fact that like, man, you, you got to keep going. And I don't really know what the next move is for them, right? Like this pushes them to, I believe, around a $170 million payroll, which is certainly more than they've had in recent years. And maybe they go sign another pitcher, but man, like this, they won 68 games, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that a tournament like that can't happen, but that's, that's the thing. It's not just the risk. I'm not saying it's not a reason not to do it. It's just that, boy, you, you're, 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 you still need so much to go right. They need 22 more wins to make the playoffs. Jacob <laughs> to maybe DeGrom, make the playoffs. Jacob deGrom is not going to be covering that distance alone. Now, yeah. to be fair, their Pythagorean win-loss record, their expected record based upon yep. runs scored and allowed, was way better than 68 wins. I think it was closer to 78 wins. Sure. True yep. value for the team. Mm-hmm. So that means they were unlucky or they weren't as good in close games, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. They were, but the they p- were terrible in close games. That was... <laughs> that's that like was why Chris Woodward got they, fired. Yeah. Yeah. They they were really, really... I think we could actually pull up that, that split there. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Now, where the Rangers were two years ago before they made these signings and where they are now, this is the best they could have done with right. the team that they have had. And I give that ownership group credit for spending the money 
to get good baseball players. Now, what does it mean, though? It means that the window is probably smaller than you'd want it to be. This is not the yes. 2015 Astros bringing up elite Correa, Bregman, Altuve at and, age and 21. Trading, and then trading for Verlander, right? And then trade right? This is yeah. not those guys at age 21 to 25, mm-hmm. right? Seager is 28, was 28 this past season. Mm-hmm. He's got some time. Semyon yeah. is going to be 32 next year. DeGrom mm-hmm. is going to be 35, right? Mm-hmm. What that means is you got to go now, right? So I would expect the Rangers to continue to be active. If they've spent up to $170 million for the payroll to be a 75-win team or an 81-win team, this ownership group clearly is willing to spend. They'll probably spend another $50 million to butt up against the luxury tax because why the fuck not? Now is the go time. I hope so. Uh 15 and 35 in one run games, which was worse in baseball and has to be one of the worst <laughs> one run uh, game records in recent history. You know, that, right. that Pythag 77 win team. But still, right? I mean, so like, listen, there's a lot of right, a lot of bad luck. But to your point, they have to keep going. Now, there's DeGrom, quick note on the DeGrom contract they have it staggered so that he's only making 30 million in 2023, which means, okay, maybe we're giving you a little bit more wiggle room to add in 2023. Now it goes up to back to 40 million. In four and five, 24 and 25. So to your point, right? Like it's it's go time now. There's no yes, Josh Young, right? You hope he ha- he steps forward and becomes a good big leaguer next year. That's that's one piece they're adding. You know, Jack Later and Kamar Rocker, I mean, those are huge names, and that's an awesome story. Jack Later was just not good last season. He was not a good pitcher in the minor leagues. And Kamar Rocker, based on his fall league look, like we love Kamar Rocker and we're rooting for that dude like crazy. But he has not shown anything as a pro that says like he's gonna be a great starting pitcher in the big leagues anytime soon. So like that's the thing. They have to keep bolstering in free agency or trade. I guess maybe they trade some of their young hitters that maybe are going to get less playing time. I don't know what the move is here, but there's no there's no waiting around. They are not building towards a sustainable thing. They're saying, fuck it. We're going to try to win as soon as possible. It's a hell of a freaking gamble, and I respect the hell out of it. I just I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> Jordan Schusterman, last thing yeah. on DeGrom and the Rangers. And we'll yeah. talk about the Mets. Over, under. A hundred and fifteen starts DeGrom makes as a Texas Ranger. <laughs> so that's that would be on average. Oh my god. That's one fifteen divided by divided five twenty three a year. <laughs> Respectfully under. I mean I, Okay, a hundred. A hundred. A hundred is where I would that's where I would start to feel comp. That seems like okay. a more fair line. All right. Um but Just again, something to think about. And this is so unfair, right? But like, Steven Strasburg has made eight starts. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, you're, you're right. It is unfair. All right. Let's take just like a little quick little nibble of a break. And yes. we will be right back to talk about why the Mets shouldn't be worried at all. Negro Leagues Baseball Museum President Bob Kendrick hosts the SiriusXM original podcast, Black Diamonds. The Negro Leagues didn't care what color you were and they didn't care what gender you were. Can you play? Hear stories of the leagues and legends that shape sport, culture, and society. That's why the museum is so important. It's like, we are never going to forget you. Episodes of the award-winning Black Diamonds are now available wherever you get your podcasts. We're not talking about balls and strikes. We're talking about your life. And we're back here on a special emergency version of baseball barbacast jake minster and schusterman i don't want to use the word emergency 
anymore. No. I know I just used it, but instead of like emergency podcast, do you have any a better idea than no. that? No, I mean I will say like I I think I talked about this before. Like I think the term emergency podcast is just says so much about like everything about our culture <laughs> that, that it always makes me laugh. So I, we should work on that. We should work on some more terminology for that because we will be doing other versions of this, which I will not call an emergency podcast at some other points. this For those of you listening, if you have a good idea what to call an urgent, sudden you, podcast you, based upon news, you can email upon, us. Based upon baseball news. Baseball news. You can email us at baseball, baseball at gmail.com. Let's right. talk about Let's talk the Mets. Step right up. To meet the Mets. Jacob deGrom, as I mentioned before, has been a staple of the New York Mets dating back to that 2014 rookie season. He had signed an extension that was going to keep him in blue and orange for many years to come, but it included an opt-out. And everyone was like, man, I, maybe he opts out, maybe he doesn't. Be kind of crazy. He's due $32 million. Oh, he's Jacob deGrom. So he opted out. Jordan. Where does this leave the New York Mets? So while I don't blame Mets fans uh, like our good friend Bobby Wagner and many people on our on our timeline uh, for being heartbroken because it's like, yeah, duh, Jacob DeGrom leaves, that sucks. <laughs> but I do think that this wasn't necessarily the most shocking thing in the world. Like, I'm not shocked that this happened. I mean, we're excited and we're doing a podcast at, you know, almost midnight on a Friday. So we're, we're you know, it's still a big deal. At the same time, really what this does is it's, it does just put the pressure on. Now, this was a, a way that this season, that this offseason could, could go forward. And I think sequencing is just such a fascinating thing about every offseason. I think about this all the time with the Mariners. And it's just like the, the order in which moves happen dictates fans' mood so much. And the fact that they brought back Edwin Diaz five minutes after the World Series ended, it was like, oh, oh cool. Okay, great. Now we move on. It's like. Well, that, that was a really important thing that they did and was cool. Now, DeGrom leaves before the winter meetings. Now we start to get into the... Because so much about this Mets offseason was we have so much to retain, that we want to retain, that Mets fans have attachment to. And that's why my first thought here is, is and what I'm seeing sentiment from Mets fans, is that yes, it is about finding more pitchers because right now Eliezer Hernandez is the five starter. Kind of like him, but not for the Mets as the five starter. <laughs> um but Brandon Nimmo, like, oh boy, like that—that's one that they are really gonna gonna want to bring bring back. And I, is it more important than filling out the rotation? Probably not, team need wise. But from a Mets fan feeling wise, it does feel like that has increased in importance. And Mr. Boris is probably Jay chilling with both Carlos Rodon, who is clearly another main target for them, as well as. Brandon Nimmo, uh, you know, it's, it's about to get it's about to get spicy. We're about to start pushing Steve Cohen a, a, a little further. Scott Boris is certainly bypassing Billy Epler and <laughs> not collecting two hundred dollars, yeah. co- going straight to go. Um, last year, without Jacob Degrom, remember he did not make his debut yeah. for the Mets until August second. The they Mets awesome. won oh, at yeah. a one hundred and two win clip without yeah. him. On the day that he returned, they were 65 and 38. Mm -hmm. That is a 631 winning percentage. Mm -hmm. Now, there are a lot of other reasons why the team won a lot before he got back and why they lost a little once he did. And I know it's not that simplistic, but what I'm trying to get across is like, without Jacob deGrom, the Mets in 2022 were still awesome. 
right? He made 11 starts. He showed up 11 times and and did his job. Okay? I'm not trying to say, oh, he's a wuss. He needs to start more. and bat. I'm saying, like, the reality is he started 11 times. And the Mets still won over 100 games. And what that means is the path to success is not dependent on Jacob deGrom for this franchise anymore. Under the Wilpons, if this had happened, there would be no faith that the ownership group and the GMs would be willing to spend the money to bring someone else in. Mm-hmm. Now that Steve Cohen is in charge, I think there's just an accepted agreement, unspoken or spoken, that he is going to fix this. Like He's that he is going something. to handle it and yeah. he's going to spend money to make sure that this team is not using Eliezer Hernandez as the five starter when the season starts, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it's just crazy because four years ago, it was the opposite mindset. It was like, oh, good pitcher lead. Like Zach Wheeler, right? It was like, oh, Zach Wheeler's gone. They're not going to f- replace him with anything. Mm-hmm. And they didn't until Steve Cohen bought the team. And now I'm just like, oh, like, yeah, I'm. it's a bummer for Mets fans because you are obviously attached to Jacob deGrom after watching yeah. him for all this time. And he's still Jacob deGrom. And you have all these jerseys that say deGrom on the back and he's must see TV and you go to city field and he's thrown on a Friday night. wearing the black, like the jerseys. It's all great. It's all cool. I get that. The Mets are going to be good in 2023. Anyway, they're just going to go pay Carlos Rodon or Justin Verlander or Brandon Nimmo. They're going to do something. Yeah. And so I think this is not DEFCON. This is not, not MetsCon. It's yet. not. I mean, right. And, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get to do a MetsCon with Bobby here at some point. Um, now, Brian, I don't want to go too far in that direction with a tweet from John Heyman that just came across my tweet deck. Mets should be rejoicing today, not regretting. I don't know if I'd go. Rejo- you know, do you I, think John Heyman would have said that <laughs> if DeGrom was a Boris client? No. Um, but uh, it's it, 100%. Well, great point. Uh, but also, like, no, I wouldn't go that far, right? Like, you still... Today <laughs> is not a good day <laughs> right. to be a right. Mets fan. Exactly. But the point is, there is still a version of this Mets offseason where they're showing up in March and they're like, fuck yeah. Like, we're ready to roll. The, the, I think but that's the, the likeliest scenario. I, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's very likely, right? But the reality is, is that right now, as we record this on Friday night, I'm looking at a death chart that after McNeil, Marte, Lindor, Alonso, the lineup goes Vogel back. I love you, Vogel. Eduardo Escobar, Mark Hanek, Luis Guillorme, Tomas Nito, with not really much of a bench at all. And then a rotation that says Max Scherzer, Carlos Carrasco, Tyler McGill, David Peterson, Eliezer Hernandez. So, and a bullpen full of guys you've, you've truly never heard of after Edwin Diaz. So, again, long way to go. Like, we're not grading this offseason. This isn't a failure. Um, but now it's like, okay. Let's do it. Yes, you did manage to retain Edwin Diaz immediately. That's great. But we got to keep going now because there's a lot more There's a lot more to do to get back to where you are clearly a better team than you were in 2022. Because right now I'm looking at a roster and they're not better <laughs> than they were in 2022. They could they could easily get there. A lot of, a lot of ways to get there. We're going to go to San Diego and I'm sure the Mets are going to do some crazy shit. But right now, doesn't look good. Doesn't mean, it's, doesn't mean it will be at the end of the offseason. But right now, there you go. What was, or eh, let's end with this. What will be your enduring memory of Jacob deGrom, the Met? When you look back and you think about the best pitcher on planet Earth for a five-year span, pitching in Queens, what will stand out 
for you in your mind? Man, that's a good question. Like he, (laughs) there's something particularly over the last two years between the injuries that when he comes back, that first inning is just so breathtaking. And even in an age when velocity is so insane and this stuff is so insane and every bullpen has a crazy, there's nothing like what he does. It's the the combination of the grace of the delivery and the velo and the extension and just, and let alone the, the slider, but just like his fastball, there's just nothing like it. And that's really how that fastball has just become what it is to really embody him uh, and the DeGrom experience and just watching and then talking to hitters, right? Like I got to talk to Bryson Stott about facing him this year. Like is that is that is really what, what comes from me. Because, because to be honest, right, <laughs> Jacob DeGrom has thrown, he threw four complete games, right, in out of 209 starts. Was never necessarily was never going deep. Certainly not recent year, recent years. So he never had like a no hitter or a perfect game, right? And in the postseason, I mean, we saw him in the World Series when he wasn't great, uh, but that was back in 2015. And then we just saw him, you know, against the Padres, and he was pretty good, but it wasn't like it was a legendary performance. And so there's not like one start that stands out, but it's just that every Degrom start I knew I was watching just complete legendary greatness. He was a reason to buy tickets. If living in New York, as you know, I do and you did for the first couple of years, mm-hmm. people would text you and be like, DeGrom's starting tonight. You want to go? Mm-hmm. And that's not a thing you get even with Garrett Cole mm-hmm. now at the Yankees. No one's like, oh, Cole night. Like we got DeGrom here in this city was must-see TV. Mm-hmm. He was incredible. He was so good that you could go to a ball game with people who didn't watch the sport and sit in the upper deck and watch this lanky fucker pitch and know that he was different. The way the ball moved and sounded and looked was different, right? And you could tell right away. And that's kind of, for me, as someone who saw him pitch live a lot over the last, you know, especially this year, yeah, that will really stick with me is just how different it looks in person when you are watching Jacob DeGrom. Jordan, anything else before no, we say goodbye? Let's let's wrap it here. Um, I mean, it sounds dumb to say, but I do kind of hope we don't have another giant move before we land in San Diego on Sunday night. <laughs> let's try to enjoy our weekend a little bit more. Thank you to Chris Tyler uh, for producing this uh, special Friday night episode. Uh, hopefully you guys uh, appreciate us cranking out another episode. And boy, we're going to have a wave of podcasts coming once we get to San Diego. So very excited for that. We are clearly primed for an exciting winter meetings. You can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. That's B-A-R-B-Cast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, man, this is, we're, this is, we're, we're, we're off and rolling now. It's, it's only getting started. So thank you all for listening. We've had a lot of fun doing these and we're, it's only going to, only going to get crazier. What hat does he wear in the hall of fame? I'm going to go raise when he goes last year and wins the World Series there in 2020. I'll say Las Vegas A's. Thanks for listening, everybody. Serious XM Podcasts.